0: I'm Christian, and welcome to the Jamois Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemma International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed your summer. We took a bit of a break here, but we are so glad to be back on the Gemma Leadership Podcast. I really want to thank you all, firstly, for the fantastic feedback that we received on our first season. We really appreciate the many kind comments on the hosting as well. Of course, that was quite a nice surprise. It's always interesting to hear where our listeners listen to the podcast, everything we've heard from walking the dog to on train rides and road trips on a family vacation even. So thank you so much for inviting us into your world. We're so glad to be a part of it. But now, with that said, it's time to introduce our topic for today. Today, we are going to be talking about the role of stability in business. Dirk, I must say, I'm a bit surprised at this. When I hear senior business leaders talk, I usually hear them warn about complacency, the need to shake things up. And almost all the time, they talk about how the world is changing and how business must change as well. Rarely, if ever, I hear talk about stability. So, Dirk, what's going on here? Yeah, thanks, Christian. Uh, First of all, it is good to be
1: uh, back. And uh, you're right. We're living in a time of uh, uncertainty and uh, turmoil, and business people are facing the challenge to to manage in a time of great change. And there's really no escaping this. And so it is absolutely imperative to, to understand how the broader, like the bigger picture
0: and the, the changes in the big pictures, how that changes the industry um, that you're working in. Right, Dirk, so let's just stop right there and just talk about some of that a little bit. What kinds of changes are we really talking about?
1: Yeah, um, there are what uh, we may call the big changes or the changes in the macro uh, environment. That's a term people use. And they talk about geopolitical tensions. we obviously have a lot of that uh, right now. Advancing uh, digitization, the effects of climate change, uh, demographic uh, changes that have led to uh, labor shortages in, in, in many, many places. And things like the ongoing aftershocks of the pandemic, which either the pandemic lingering or shocks uh, on its own now that it comes back uh, to in-person has, has brought changes for, for business. And all, all these things shape the environment in which your business operates
0: and they do have an effect on your, on your business. Right, Dirk, thanks. So I'm taking my notes here. You mentioned geopolitical tensions, digitization, climate change, demographic changes. These are massive, big conversations and, Frankly, Dirk, I'm sure for a lot of our audience in our workplaces and our in our businesses, that could be a bit abstract to think about. So can you give us a concrete example of change you're talking about? Yeah, sure, 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 Christian. So, so take an example of Starbucks.
1: Um, they have been in the business news lately, actually quite a bit, talking about their plans to reinvent the companies. And they do have a number of initiatives on the go to tackle the big changes around them. And so since many of us are Starbucks customers, we can really observe the kind of changes that they're making.
0: Right, Dirk. So many of us, myself included, are Starbucks customers. So let's dig in a bit. What kind of changes are we talking about with Starbucks?
1: Yeah. So so for example, they're expanding their plant-based food offerings and they're shifting to reusable packaging. So that speaks to sustainability and, and really a change that they're making uh, uh, in that context. They're also now using digital collectible stamps, NFTs, uh, to upgrade their, their loyalty programs. So bringing their loyalty program into the age of cryptocurrency uh, and NFT, so to speak. Um, they're investing in uh, machinery to help their people make the type of specialty coffee drinks uh, that their customers keep uh, demanding and that actually uh, require a lot of effort uh, to make. And they're shifting to more pickup versus uh, in-store. And so the article in the Wall Street Journal that I read about this, they're quoting it like this. They're saying, instead of handmade hot espresso drink consumed in person while listening to cool jazz, future customers will get caffeinated milkshakes made mostly by machines at a compact drive-through with no Sitting area, so so it's 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 really quite instructive, and it's really a good read on the topic of strategy development, looking at the macro environment and looking at all your stakeholders. Now, we always worry about the customer, but but in this case, you also really have to worry about their uh, em, em employees and keep them engaged, and of course, the investors want to make money, so they they
0: bring bring all of those things um, together. Wow, Dirk, that is. A big change indeed. That's fascinating. And as always, when it comes to articles, we mentioned, please down below, we will have a link to that article. Listeners, please check that out. And frankly, I look forward to researching that a lot more. I, as I said, enjoy my Starbucks, but now I'll also be sure to compare it with what other coffee chains are doing. So Dirk, back to our main topic here, we've talked about the changing environment and adjusting or even reinventing how your company does things. So Back to what we started with, where does stability come in?
1: Yeah, Christian, and this is why I want to mention another company that most of our listeners, at least in in North America, uh, will will know, and that's Target. And and Target is a U.S. retail chain. It's a bit more upscale than other big box retailers. And so sometimes people pronounce it with a pseudo-French name, Target. And and so that gives us a bit more uh,
0: more je ne sais quoi, but but the, the company is called Target. Right. And I have been to Target a few times when we've traveled to the U.S. And I think they even came to Canada at some point. But unfortunately, Target is no longer here. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they they, uh, came to Canada in uh, 2013 and then uh, left in 2015. Uh, So relatively quickly reminds Mm us of of our our story about Airbnb in China, maybe uh, a little bit on how you have to make those uh, changes. So you can look at that podcast. But but the reason uh, that they were in the news now or are in the news now is that they extended the contract for their CEO, the chief executive officer by another three years.
0: Okay, Dirk, I understand why that might be important for target employees, but why would that particular extension of a contract be so newsworthy in general for us here?
1: Yeah, so the decision on uh, who is the CEO of the company is always critical for a company. And, And some experts say that, in fact, it is the most important position uh, that certainly a public uh, company board will make and Target is a publicly traded company. And so there always is a lot of attention around uh, the CEO position in in a public company. And in the case of Target, the CEO, Brian uh, Cornell, he's 63 years old. And so by the end of the three-year term, he will be 66. uh, But Target has a mandatory retirement age at 65. So they changed their own rules to accommodate uh, this move and and I think that's quite quite remarkable and and so they had really every reason to give him a shorter contract or to look for a new person now because he wouldn't be able to stick around for 3 years under the old rules rules but they they didn't and what's interesting is that they're not the only company that has made such a move more recently. So 3M, Merck and Boeing, again, big, well-known companies, they have also recently relaxed
0: or removed mandatory uh, CEO retirement ages. Dirk, that's fascinating and interesting to hear that's not just something happening with Target. So it can see with the changes that the, the company made, this is a big change, big vote for stability. And I think we could all see that. So I think the natural question is, why would a company make such a decision? If you want to rejuvenate and reinvent because things are changing, uh, what does abolishing its retirement rules and keeping the CEO longer have to do with any of that?
1: Yeah, and and, Christian, and that's uh, the the key lesson here that that uh, I, I do want to want to talk about and and so we have to start again of course there's situations where companies will want to shake things up and they will do that by bringing in a, a new person and that often gets a lot of attention mm-hmm. uh, but we here uh, we can see that that sometimes, uh, the stability on the inside uh, of the company, at least as far as management and personnel goes, may ha- maybe just as uh, important or another strategy or a better strategy, uh, depending on the people that you have, to deal with the turmoil on the outside. So you have stability on the inside to help deal with turmoil uh, on the outside. And so, so people who have been around for uh, some time may even be able to Uh, deal with change more effectively uh, because they can change things and reassure people at the same time. And this could be customers. Again, this could be employees. uh, This could be uh, investors. They're the steady hand with the track record of uh, performance. And and as we read in the Wall Street Journal, uh, Mr. Cornell does have a track record of dealing with uh, turmoil. He has managed some uh, difficult things at, at Target that had a highly publicized a data breach uh, at some point. There was the exit from uh, Canada. And so he has shown that he can see the, the writing on the wall, uh, so to speak. And then the ability to steer target through the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, which was a really big challenge for them and for many uh, retailers. And uh, this is a change now where the pandemic has waned and people are, are going shopping now, but they're shopping for different things. And, and so this is a challenge for retailers uh, right now. But, but here's really where you can see that a steady hand experienced track record of performance is deemed by this board to be the right person to lead us through
0: the challenges and change of the future. Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. So people with a track record of performance and who have built a reputation along those lines are in high demand. In fact, it sounds like they're in such high demand that a board or other decision makers will go out of their way so far as to change an entire company's policy just to keep them. Yeah, exactly, Christian, and that's what we're talking about here. It really
1: highlights the point that someone who has managed well in the past will probably, and I do say probably, manage well in the future. They have built a reputation for their capability and also for their character. They're steady, they're not flashy. And in fact, the uh, uh, management thinker, Jim Collins, who has has studied these things in in great great detail uh, as to what makes a company a great company, he has this to say, he says, great companies typically have CEOs who are modest, steady and long
0: serving. And it looks like we have an example of this here at, at Target. Right, Derek, And that, that is clear to me. And as a historian hearing all this, I'm really coming to the conclusion that the past is the best predictor of the future. And looking at these examples, we could say that's because it really is the only predictor that we have. And as we're thinking about the, this CEO in particular, I think we can come away hearing that character is as important as capability. The rest is often speculation as things can easily develop in different directions and unexpected events. And we have to trust that the right person and right team at the helm should be able to figure out those things. But as always, it's important on this podcast that we get practical. Many of our listeners, of course, are not CEOs, even though some may well be on their way to becoming CEOs. So what's the lessons for managers more broadly today, Dirk?
1: yeah uh, and question I'm, I'm I'm glad you're you're asking it because that's indeed what we're what we're all about and so here's my take right in many companies there is a big focus on uh, career development and moving people into different positions so that they get more experience and many people are looking uh, for that they want to move faster into new positions and responsibilities but but that can come at the expense of stability and can come at the expense of company uh, performance. Whenever there's a change, there's a new boss needs to be educated, uh, new relationships have to be built, and new reputations have to be established. And so we lose some of that relational capital to to use that terms. And, And sometimes people are even not around long enough to really get a grasp on the area they're managing or live with the decisions uh, that they're making. And in the worst case, they're seen as just passing through and their job is more of a career stepping stone uh, than really taking on uh, a responsibility. So there's really no accountability. And I've heard this from quite a few people, how frustrating and even demoralizing that can be if you have a boss who is just, uh, passing through. And so, so while career progression is obviously, a good thing, you do want to balance that with uh, stability. And I've even talked to some leaders who see stability as a competitive advantage, which makes their organization more reliable and much better at collaborating with others outside uh, the organization
0: because there is that continuity uh, of, of relationships. Right. Thanks, Dirk. That makes things abundantly clear. And I think the to sum it all up, if we're living in a society or in a climate that has a lot of change and uncertainty, and in some cases, even absolute turmoil on the outside, we want to make sure that we're able to balance it with stability on the inside. There is the same need to adjust, recalibrate, or even re-event like they're doing at Starbucks, but we want people with a track record of performance. And staying uh and staying power can be quite a good feature when we're looking to manage change we don't always need new people to manage change sometimes we don't even want new people to manage change is that what we're saying here
1: yeah because uh, i think that's exactly it and, and by the way uh starbucks actually recently also uh did get a new ceo now oh. they did get a ceo from from the outside but interesting is that starbucks founder howard Schultz. He's, he's sticking around to show him the ropes and get him acclimatized. And they're making a big point of that, how they are bringing him into the culture. So onboarding uh, is a term that people use these days for that. And, and they're making sure that the founder is around and work with a new pe- uh, a person to, to help him uh, become effective in, in, in the company. And, and so that's kind of, I guess, closes a circle a little bit for our story here, uh, here today.
0: Right, Dirk. That, uh, it's interesting to hear that balance. Immediately, my mind goes to a constitutional monarchy. New prime ministers come and go, but there's that monarch who, who keeps the things going with the onboarding, perhaps. But this isn't a political podcast, so let me now just recap the points that we covered in our conversation today. So according to my notes, I tried to sum up and to summarize it into three little points here. First of all, we live in times of great change, and as managers, we have to look at the bigger picture inside and outside of our company and market to see how the big trends affect our businesses. We had some good specifics on what that looks like as we talked about Starbucks and Target today. So people, please check out those, uh, uh, those articles down below for more of that. The second point that I have here, if there is external turmoil, we should look at how we can stabilize on the inside. One good way is to keep people with a strong track record in responsible leadership positions. We saw that with Target, for example, who even changed their retirement rules just to do this. So turmoil on the outside, changing rules so that they can have stability on the inside. And third, and this is a a broader point, while we do want up and coming people to develop their careers, we want them to stay in positions long enough so that they can see through what they have started. We want them to be able to build their reputations for getting something done and save our staff from the additional turmoil of constant change and the coming and going. So in that case, it sounds like we want to save our inside issues from turmoil as well. Dirk, how does that sound?
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, Christian. That sounds really well. It's uh, well captured. So yeah, thanks, thanks a lot
0: for that. All right, Dirk. And thank you so much for outlining everything you outlined. I'm sure this was helpful to so many people, but... That's all the time we have for today. If you think you would benefit from this episode or you know people who would, please share the link and keep the feedback coming. We love the feedback. It gives us ideas. It gives us insight. And it gives us stuff to, to talk about here. So, everyone, thank you for joining us on the Gemwar Leadership Podcast. We look forward to having you again in a couple of Mondays as we continue the second season on the show. But until then, take care.